Hello, Guardians. Today is Friday, January 13th. My name's Dan Finity, and welcome to Destiny Digest. Guys, 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 we have news today. <laughs> Exciting stuff coming up in a couple moments about the world of Destiny 2 and a conversation with the PvP professor himself, Ascendant Nomad. But first, a little bit of housekeeping. Huge thanks for the supporters of the coffee. Without you, this show couldn't go on. Thank you to Seishu, Average Destiny 2 player, Horizontal Adam, Hobo Scruff, and Chu Dada for your monthly subs. If you'd like to support the show, head on over to the coffee at coffee.com forward slash Danfinity. That is ko-fi.com forward slash Danfinity. Secondly, if you are looking for a welcoming community in Destiny 2, take a moment and consider joining my Discord server at discord.gg forward slash Danfinity. It's a main hub for information about my content, as well as a fairly active LFG experience with a ton of activity roles. So if you're looking for dungeons, raids, or even just bounty prepping, we have a spot for you on the fire team. That's discord.gg forward slash Danfinity if you'd like to join. Now, on to the news of the week. Bungie shut down their Stadia servers on Tuesday, January 10th, ahead of Stadia shutting down permanently on January 18th. This move is intended to get those users to turn on cross-save before the cutoff date. If you are a Stadia user affected by this, please turn on cross-save and never turn it off. Never. Also on Tuesday, the Destiny the Games account on Twitter posted the following thread, quote, As a preview of things to come in Lightfall, we have some exciting updates coming soon. Tomorrow, all standard armor mods are unlocked for everyone, with big changes coming to build crafting in Lightfall. We want to give everyone a chance to enjoy all mods in their current state. Get ready to focus up. Starting next week, focusing costs for all Trials of Osiris, Iron Banner, Crucible and Gambit weapons and armor will be reduced to 25 legendary shards. Adept weapon focus costs will also be reduced to 50. Grandmaster Nightfalls arrive on January 17th. In our next update, the Grandmaster power cap and structure will become more approachable for all players while remaining some of our most challenging content. More details coming in this week's TWAB. Now, all of this was huge news, especially after having such a long break <laughs> from large news coming from them. But in the wake of all of these changes, and especially when it came to mods being made available to everyone, third-party Twitter bot aggregator Destiny Insights announced it would be shuttering. Posting on Wednesday, I've made the decision to spin down the Destiny Insights, destinyinsights.com, and my Destiny Insights backend. For future Zur info, please follow WTF Zur. Thank you to the third-party dev community for welcoming me. Thank you for the journey and support. See you, Jarrett. That's a huge blow to the community. I know over 80,000 people use that service to decide what mods they were going to pick up, what weapons they would pick up. You would even have community-suggested weapon roles that would pop up for different vendors. Sad to see him go. See you, Jarrett. Godspeed, sir. Hotfix 6.3.0.3 arrived on Wednesday, bringing with it changes to Heist Battlegrounds, a change to the Spire of the Watcher dungeon that inhibits Stasis Warlocks from using the Area of Effect attack to turn on all the nodes in the boss room without direct line of sight, and Unstoppable Hand Cannons are now activating more quickly. All this and more in the show notes for the episode. This week at Bungie, we got a blog written by Sam, 
mainly going over the big bullet points of the tweet that they released on Tuesday. Uh, with Grandmaster updates, they're decreasing the power level needed to enter Grandmasters by 25 to 1580, the powerful cap. They decreased the overall power level of Grandmaster activities by 10 to 1620. And the current power difference of negative 25, all enemies are at least 25 power above you, is still in effect. They added a note saying, this means you can enter at 1580, but enemies will be 40 power above you. You can use artifact power and or pinnacle drops to increase effectiveness up to 1595, where you reach maximum effectiveness. We'll have more information on further changes to Grandmaster Nightfalls and other high difficulty modes coming soon. Addressing unlocking mods, they write, Yesterday, all standard armor mods were unlocked for everyone. With big changes coming to build crafting and lightfall, we want to give everyone a chance to enjoy all the standard mods in the current state for the rest of the season. Standard mods refer to everything but raid and artifact mods. Players who were granted access to armor mods in yesterday's patch will not have them appear as unlocked in collections. They can still use them freely in their armor. We have a blog post planned for next week with more information on how mods and build crafting will be evolving in Lightfall. Stay tuned. I'm really excited for that one. Talking about the Iron Banner, they write, After two and a half seasons of playing with the new Iron Banner and experiencing three new Iron Banner modes, Rift, Eruption, and Fortress, we've gathered a lot of feedback and have some upcoming changes to share. When Iron Banner returns on January 31st, we're planning on increasing the amount of Iron Banner rank you earn at the end of matches, doubling the multipliers you get from wearing Iron Banner gear, having the multipliers you get for completing challenges, and significantly increasing the multiplier you get for wearing an Iron Banner emblem. We expect this to decrease the number of games needed to earn a rank reset by around 40% and make it more worthwhile to play earlier in the week. Additionally, starting next season, Iron Banner will be available three times a season, going back to the way it was done before they changed over to two. And an Iron Banner emblem will be available on the rewards track during the first reset for those who don't already have one. We'll have more information about the modes and dates to expect in Season 20 as we get closer to launch. The final thing that we'll touch here before we get into that interview with Ascendant Nomad, they have addressed the Good Boy Protocol. Uh, it seems the Good Boy will be sticking around with us as guardians in the foreseeable future stating we know a lot of you really like archie and are concerned about their future they're leaving the helm at the end of the season but they will be returning to the tower in season 21 for more pets now enjoy this conversation with ascendant nomad You're a sneaky bastard. This is the real show, isn't it? It's not destiny. It's just getting your guests to cop to embarrassing bodily function things. Okay, Dan, now you you need to make like a end of year blooper thing. Uh, I mean, it keeps no. That's that's a TikTok right there. That's TikTok. That's a YouTube short. And that's a great you know thing for your Twitter as well. Because fuck you. It it keeps us honest, man. I'm not gonna live forever. I think it's too honest for no man right now. I'm just hungry, okay? My food's coming. I'll send the video to you so you can do whatever you want with it. I'm not gonna make content out of that. Oh, yeah. No, if you give it to Osefa, she'll post it everywhere. I'm really good at that, though, to be fair. I know when content is good, you know? Yeah. Yes. 
Uh, but welcome in. How are you today, Nomad? I'm good. I'm good. Um, t- big life thing happened today, actually. Ooh. I took delivery of the car that I have bought oh. for my time in Dubai. Hell yeah. That's awesome. What kind, what, kind of, what kind of car is it? I got myself a 2016 Volkswagen Golf GTI, and we got a bloody good deal on it. Because normally these things go for about 25,000 US. Ours was 17. And the reason it was that low is because the dealer, who we knew through my dad, so a bit of nepotism, just, just a little bit, but he had bought it pretty cheap because mm-hmm. the guy that sold it to him kept it as a second car and didn't drive it that much. And it was pretty much immaculate. It's like brand new, yeah. low mileage and everything. So we, we got very lucky and uh, took it for a spin, did all the tests, got it cleaned, inspection, perfect. And now I don't have to drive a horrible shitbox that I've been driving <laughs> for the last month. So I'm really, really happy about that. Uh, dude, I got when I got my Subaru, I was like, oh, I don't have to drive a Mercury Grand Marquis anymore. This is great. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Dude, I was I was I was driving a, a a a borrowed like this. We borrowed this car from a family friend's construction site. Mm. I'm not joking here. Like that's the only thing we could get, and it was a 2012 Chevrolet Sonic. And I don't know if you know what a Chevrolet Sonic is, but it is the world's worst hatchback. <laughs> thanks to Chevrolet, everything, every possible way that they could have saved money. They saved money. Yeah. And like the thing died on me in the middle of the highway. It died on me reversing. It died on me going up a ramp. It fucking started steaming when I was just sat still sitting a Starbucks and I was sipping a Starbucks. And I'm just like, (laughs) fuck this car, man. Fuck you. Yeah. So, so for that's been my life for the last month. And now that, that seems to be behind me, but yeah, I'm, I'm quite happy. Heck yeah. So that's, that's, that's how I'm doing. Sorry for the (laughs) completely like, we haven't even talked about Destiny yet, so like, yeah, nah, no, dude. it's good. It's good. Nah, dude, that's life. Like, we, like we said earlier, this is everything gets in. It's fine. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so how? Um, speaking of Destiny, uh, have you been? Mm. How have you been enjoying yourself in Destiny recently? Truthfully, mm-hmm. I have been super loving it. Yeah, I've actually really, really been enjoying Season of the Seraph because it's about time we had some goodness like i think i think it's important to to say that the enjoyment of season of the seraph is partially related to just how dry the last two seasons were from a gameplay perspective Mm -hmm. but also just from just genuinely how excellent the current you know gameplay loop is the grind loop the the craftable loop all of that it's excellent it's it's really really good and heist battlegrounds did the one thing that everybody's been asking them to do with uh you know pseudo contest mode mm-hmm. and it's been it's been a hit and everybody seemed to be enjoying it now i just wonder how long that's going to last invariably month three of every three month destiny mm-hmm. season is you know complaints and bitching and moaning and blah yes. blah, blah thin 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 but you know the vibe so far seems to be okay and the only like the vibe has only been ruined lately because of iron banner which is mm utterly predictable yeah um but also like i have so many thoughts on that so um (laughs) (laughs) it's uh you know i genuinely i've been really enjoying destiny and i think this has been the best season that they've had for quite some time it is it is a very strong season like pve wise story wise really enjoying it myself um i haven't played as much iron banner 
within mm. this year, I would say. Um, I do like that they're like kind of playing around with it, but I haven't. I, I think I played three matches on Tuesday and was like, all right, cool. I, I, I get the gist of this. I can kind of move, <laughs> move into what yeah, I want to yeah. do. Um, but yeah, I, from, from the standpoint of just story, it's, it's a total banger. Um, yeah. Addressing the, the inevitable third month. I wonder, I, I wonder if like that will be kind of subsumed by some of the hype for, uh, Lightfall because we have a, like, it's a shorter season. Last season was 15 weeks. This season is 12 and I can only imagine that they're going to be like, oh, and here's this thing. Oh, and here's this thing. Oh. Yeah, yeah. The, yeah. The, the, like, I don't, I think the, the lead into Witch Queen was not super hyped, actually. They did keep things quite under wraps until they dropped that trailer and everybody was losing their fucking mind about it <laughs> because it was a great trailer. Yeah. So I hope we get something like that in the last few weeks. But I don't think they're going to let a lot out. I mean, they have let a lot out so far, mm-hmm. which is a pretty good sign generally when when they want to showcase something and they know that their expansions are good they know that that season is always a banger mm-hmm. um like they've de- they de- they did a great job with witch queen from a story perspective and and just a gameplay perspective adding so many new things lightfall should be the same hopefully strand isn't like super busted or anything but uh it's exciting and and they would be wrong to not capitalize on that excitement for sure but people are still going to bitch and moan and people will find things to to complain about um and it's really now, like at this point in my 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 content career, I'm starting to understand how to navigate that better. Mm-hmm. And it's like seeing it coming definitely helps prepare you for everything. Like as soon like I when somebody told me it was Iron Banner on Monday night, I was like, okay, so we got this new game mode coming out. We've got Iron Banner. You know, connections usually go to hell. Mm-hmm. We have, uh, you know, potentially new loot. We have this unknown auto rifle, which apparently is a 720, according to some leaks in the database. So people are going to hate it. Ganora's axe is going to be really strong. Somebody's going to find something broken. And of course, Lego Le Flash found something very broken about <laughs> it. Um, and then, you know, like like pretty much you can, you can predict the story beats of every uh, week when it comes mm-hmm. to Destiny now. It's so predictable. There's so much history. There's so many data points to draw back on. And so if you just prepare yourself mentally for that and you know what's coming, then it just allows you to put, it, put, put yourself in a headspace that doesn't take you above and beyond it. I think that's mm-hmm. the wrong way to look at it, but it just allows you to see and frame things in a like a, oh, interesting, that actually did happen. Or no, it didn't happen. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's more of a like a, I feel like I'm I'm the guy in the control room with the clipboard, just like checking off things that are happening or not happening. Community outrage um, here. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Like I'll, I'll, like every so often I'll go in there and, you know, if everybody's kicking the baby, I'll kick the baby once. But like, mm. Then I'll come back out and I'll 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 go back to my clipboard and say, hmm, interesting, interesting. Hmm, yes, uh, but you know, it's 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 fun to to jump in and and get stuck in, but it's also important to not get too far down the rabbit hole because then that affects everything else. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so when you're like, it, uh, that's kind of like part of what I've done production wise for this show too is like. I think we have two more weeks of story beats, things of that nature, and and trying to figure out, okay, which guests would go best here because I know the story is going to be done <laughs> yeah. soon. Uh, like who do, who do I book for this? When do I start panels for hmm. maybe 
anticipating things down the line. And it has helped me to kind of gauge what my expectations are, I guess. Sure. Yep. And, and that has been primarily helpful. It's it's when like a rogue wave comes out of nowhere that like the um like the story uh last week where it was uh some data miners found data miners found uh right. a subscription model and then yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and then you have yeah. like people talking about that and then like it gets picked up and coverage and everything and then of they, course they're of course. finally just like oh that was that was a joke we didn't mean anything by it sorry bye man it's the the whole episode was so sad it's like there's always people looking to discredit bungie and there's there's definitely valid reasons to do it mm -hmm. but like data bind stuff like i'm not the foremost expert on how these things are packaged and made and sent out but like if it's not in the final files then it's not really subject to criticism is it mm -hmm. i i i like it's it's something that like for for me when i've had to deal with data mining or anything like that recently especially with this show not so much with pd which was kind of confusing um but with this show anytime i see a leak i'm like okay it, it doesn't yeah. even phase that it's you were gonna know the information at some point anyways eventually and and it doesn't really bother me what what this seems they say they claim like non-malicious but it kind of feels like that, especially with something around like a, a subscription model, which well, would... if it's 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 really easy because it's money based, right? Mm -hmm. Any any anything to do with money and bungee, it's 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 like low hanging fruit. It's like, <gasps> yeah, how dare the company do the thing? And then like if you if you try and point out that the ridiculous nature of that, you get you know the the classic, you're such a shill, yeah, Dick Ryder type mm -hmm. comments. And it's like to wade into this debate at all is like nobody wins, yeah. you know. And at the end of the day, it was a bunch of lies anyway. So yeah. like, good job, everybody. Yeah. Like, another lesson to take it with a grain of salt. <laughs> I wanted to. I I wanted to ask you something. You said something interesting about like just not being faced by it. Mm. Is that because you know part of your job is is to cover destiny and to be aware of everything, and so you've just had to have that talk with yourself. Like I can't necessarily feel like a kid about this game anymore because i've got a, a duty to to report and be informed or is it just like you're just jaded as fuck at this point because it's been seven years of destiny eight years of destiny and you've just seen it all i would not be i think it wouldn't be truthful if i didn't say it was a mix of both okay i feel like i i've we've been playing this game for a long time <laughs> and like like we were it's talking about for you <laughs> <laughs> my old bones um but like we were talking about earlier it's it's like you kind of anticipate things based mm -hmm. on based on what you've learned based on what you've experienced in the game based on um what you see in the community and you to be surprised by any of that is kind of i, I think that's that's the part where it's the jaded bit but I also mm. think that, like reporting, I'm not a journalist or anything, <laughs> but like it's I, I I guess it's like I'm a hobby journalist. I guess right. I guess is the, is the bit. And if like I saw the 
we just got a cutscene uh, for for this season, which uh, spoilers is is about Clovis Bray and Rasputin. Mm-hmm. Um, and after seeing it, I was like, okay, like I see it. It's probably in the game. I'm not going to let that hurt my my enjoyment of what I'm what I'm doing. But I'm also not going to go out of my way and be like, "Hey guys, check this out!" Like, right? That's there are people who are better at doing that than you, and and I think one of the things, <laughs> no, that's not a, that's not a diss. That's not meant to be a diss. I'm just saying that no, there yeah. are people whose entire content presence presences revolve around hype and excitement and yeah. leaks and this that and the other and it's to me it's like for me I, i've decided to pick my lane my lane is weapons now yeah. I, I, and i sprinkle a little bit of pvp stuff because that's historically what i've been known for but i t- generally just tweet about weapons and anything related to weapons in the same way like you'll tweet about pretty much like i guess just the weekly ins and outs of destiny right yeah you're more focused on what is the now rather than what could be yeah, and that's a whole other thing. And then you have the people who are focused on the past, mm-hmm. like the nostalgia account. And then you have people who are focused on the history, or people who are focused on like how professionally outraged can I be today? Yeah, you know. So, so everybody has their niche, and everybody plays a vital role in the ecosystem. And and it's important to know what what yours is. But also, you suck at hyping, so don't try. It just everything is so ephemeral. With Destiny. Yeah. Like, nobody... Yeah. there. There's not... There is a collective memory of how things mm. happen. And then there's the memory of of what actually happened, right? And sure. Yeah. Like, I didn't plan on, on, on having this conversation in the show. But, uh, like, I think that's why I've kind of, like, with this show, I've I've been like, okay, I'm going to break it into the seasons as the seasons happen. And then, like, each week is just going to be a document of right. what happened that week. And, and having conversations with people who are in the mix and and who are noteworthy and people who are, have, a pit, like, who have something to say about the game, uh, of which... You can count yourself amongst that number, but it's the, th- there's, it, it is very much like reporting the news. I'm on yeah. the scene here yeah. and like in the iron banners this week and, the, right. and going from there. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's, it's weird. It's the destiny community is weird. We're weird for being a part of it. We're weird for contributing to it and I'm okay with that. <laughs> Yeah, no, no, no disagreements from here, from here either. Like, I cannot believe that this is my job sometimes, and it's for, like I'm. I always try to say when I can that it's it's incredibly humbling, and and I'm always grateful that I w- wake up every day and like this is what I do, and mm-hmm. it's 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 dope. Yeah, as much as it wrecks my mental health, it's still dope. <laughs> it turns out it can be a lot of fun just to just to put it in the in the tanker. <laughs> yes. Yes. Things but, that improve your mental health. Coming on to the show and talking about the things that Dan Finity's actually planned to talk about. <laughs> so let's do that. 
sorry for hijacking your own show. <laughs> no, it's fine. It's fine. I just had a little bit of an existential monologue in there. Uh, That's so, fine. Who doesn't? Yeah. <laughs> who amongst us doesn't break down into tears whilst... <laughs> Talking about mundane shit, you know? Oh, man. Yeah, there are definitely some TikTok clips in there, though. Um, mm, so, you're welcome. <laughs> thank you, buddy. Um, <laughs> you understood the assignment. Uh, oh. So, uh, what, what? So, you've talked about enjoying Season of the Seraph so far. Mm -hmm. um, what weapons are speaking to you right now? Oh, man. Okay, so obviously I think everybody knows my favorite weapon of the Season of Revision Zero. Mm -hmm. And it's been getting supremely like it's been getting better every week and now is the first week we've actually seen all the perks in action mm -hmm. uh minus the catalyst the catalysts are his own separate thing and i'll be honest like we've already begun testing the the full like we're starting to work on the full review because like a big part of the of revision zero is just how do those, do those perks interact with each other we've you know learned quite a few interesting things about the weapon that i think people are are not aware of Specifically with respect to recoil direction, I think a lot of people aren't aware that recoil direction doesn't really do a whole lot, mm -hmm. at least to our eyes, on aggressive bursts. Um, and then we're just trying out all the different perks right now. So right now I'm in the middle of testing Slick Draw on Revision Zero, and I'm still figuring out why it's a thing at all. Like, I get it. <laughs> it's interesting, but why? Mm -hmm. um, so that's that's one that I really, really enjoy. Another one I'm, I'm, I've really, like, disparity. I mm -hmm. don't. I didn't understand it. I knew it felt good, and I couldn't use stop using it. And I and I love to use that weapon. But when I, you know, I, I started. Hang on, I got the notes here. One second. So its main <laughs> competitors are Messenger, New Purpose, Stay Frosty, Syncopation, Peace of Mind. Right. Mm -hmm. These are five pulse rifles that are all really excellent in their own respective fields. However, when you do the head-to-head -head comparison between each one, they, it does lose. A lot of the time, mm -hmm. for whatever reason, like, uh, and I'll explain that more in my video. But the, 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 but the point is that it's not that it loses to the best of the best in certain situations. It's the fact it's the second best gun in every single situation I've ever found, mm -hmm. which is remarkable. I've never seen that in a weapon before. It's consistent. So it's very consistent. So I really like it for that, and. I'm going to be talking about that in a video and just like basically gushing over it. I'll try to keep the video under 15 minutes, but I'm not sure. I'll be able to. <laughs> and then the third weapon that's really uh, tickling my fancy is the Arcolos SMG. It's uh, it's it's nuts. They brought it back and everybody memed about how it's version three. Look at this three times they brought it back. Oh mm -hmm. my God, recycled content, yada, yada, yada. <laughs> and you know what? Fair enough. But if you're going to recycle things, do it right. And they did. And they put Volchot on it and Feeding Frenzy and it's fucking monster yeah it should be an exotic it's, it's like a risk not. runner junior it's, a little bit exactly it really is and it's really really fun to use um so those are my three i would say are, are the biggest ones but um i'm sure there are more that i've that I've missed out yeah are there any perks this season that have that have risen above the crop i want to say that head seeker has really surprised me mm-hmm I was a headseeker hater because, you know, the whole point of headseeker is like, oh, you hit the body? Cool. Here's some free precision damage. And I'm just like, why are we rewarding people not hitting the head? You know, I was being an elitist. Mm -hmm. I was like, hit the head, you lazy so-and-so. And this dialogue was to me, not mm -hmm. to anybody else. So I was calling myself lazy for not hitting the head. 
And in a game of aim assist, you know, blah, blah, should be able to hit your head. It's easy, all this, you know, everybody's heard this argument before. But they not only extended the timer to which you can go from a body to a head and get, and, you know, proc the extra precision damage, but they also, sorry, no, I misspoke. Not only did they basically improve the activation window, but they also created a timer for aim assist. Mm -hmm. You just get like plus 20 aim assist for hitting the body. It's crazy. <laughs> And it's it's just like it's it's a perk that makes it hard to proc again because once you have the head seeker aim assist, you're gonna hit the head. Your cones have yeah. expanded and your 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 hitboxes are supremely hard. And you know, for me it's 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 such a counterintuitive thing to not want a perk to proc, right? Because you have kill clip or you have rampage or you have let's say one for all or you have any of these damage perks, right? And mm -hmm. the whole point is to keep them going and to keep it going, keep it going. Headseeker, headseeker is training wheels, right? It's just like, oh, you're falling over. Let's let's push you back up. Mm -hmm. Now stay forward. Don't lean on us. We'll we'll keep we'll catch you if you fall, but but stay forward because it's faster and better. And it is more damage, more optimal to be completely perfect. But in case you aren't, it's there to just it's your safety net. It just yeah. kind of holds you up. And I didn't see the value of that. Somebody who always really really wanted to. Uh, go for crits and 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 play to the to to the best of my abilities, but I'm finding that especially in this meta where we are feeling a bit more distanced in PvP, where we are not engaging at mid range, when we aren't playing as quickly anymore, it does help to have that little help because mm -hmm. you are from distance. It's hard to control recoil. Um, people are dipping in and out of cover. You want to make sure that you're optimal, and Headseeker helps you be optimal. So. I think for that reason, like I'm, I'm, I'm very, very like 180 on on Headseeker. That was the that was the biggest thing. And then the Amosis buff is stupid. I don't know why they added that, but like I'm glad they did. Yeah. So that that's the big surprise. Shot Swap is an interesting perk. Um, Encore has been surprising me, but Encore is is last season's perk. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that was uh, yeah. That's what comes to mind immediately. With Headseeker, um, mm. what do you feel? that that benefits one input over another in Not the game now? to my knowledge, because aim assist is actually greater on a mouse and keyboard if we're looking at a pure value perspective. From feel perspective, obviously, you're going to feel aim assist a little bit more on, on controller, mm -hmm. which is from a pure, like, unscientific, I feel this sort of thing. Excuse me. Um, I think like it's definitely noticeable on both. It'll, when when I used to Dynamo K, when I used to on controller, you can definitely you you definitely get the sense that something something is helping you out here. There's a there's a hidden hand mm -hmm. uh, pulling the string here, and I'm getting crits that I shouldn't be getting crits for. <laughs> so, like when um going into activities this season. So like yeah, I pulled up your uh your activity log in Braytech. Uh, thank you for supplying your your bungee name in in the form. Jesus Christ! <laughs> so I've been not seeing, stalkerish all that. Not not at all. Yeah, well, that's, not creepy at all. Look, that's that's why it's included uh, and required. Mm -hmm. um, I was wondering why you put that there. I was like, why is this fellow? I mean, he can friend me if he wants, but I think we we're already friends on bungee. We, we already are. About? Cheers. <laughs> After Ooh. this, who knows? Who knows? Um, this is some Sean Evans thing. I should be eating hot wings. <laughs> hot ones maybe next time maybe next time um, back in 2018 and august 21st <laughs> when you when you entered the crucible what was going through your mind like god damn <laughs> anyways so I, please proceed 
I see like last week you were playing a lot of momentum control. Um, mm. Have you in in some some survival um, and, and competitive? What um, what are your thoughts on that this season overall? I know you did like a huge video of how you would revamp the crucible and especially the competitive playlists um probably about a year ago year and a half ago two two years ago two years ago yeah um but that was kind of still fresh in my mind it seems like it seems like somebody was taking some notes off of that video but some of the rewards aren't necessarily there is that <laughs> some of the rewards? <laughs> None of the rewards. Okay, are there. understatement. <laughs> understatement. I understand. I had like, as, like you rank up, you get like three ascendant shards in that concept, <laughs> and then there was like cosmetic armor uh, ornaments and stuff yeah. like that. Like, like I thought that through. Yeah. Um. Anyways, what do I think about comp? Um. Right ideas. Mm-hmm. Absolutely god awful execution. Okay. Because what was supposed to be a rank ladder system and what looked like a rank ladder system actually turned into a badge of honor tied to a rank that is basically improved upon just by playing because you're never going to get a representative challenge in this new comp mode that progresses over time. Like mm-hmm. for me, I'm at, I think I just hit platinum. I, 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 I got promoted last night. And the reason I'm not further up the ladder is because I'm in the Middle East and I can't fucking find matches, but that's a whole other thing and I'll get into that. Um, But the quality of the opposition in a promotion game from gold to platinum was no greater than any of my placement matches. Mm -hmm. Like it felt the same and it feels the same. And I know I'm not in the top bracket. I know I'm not in the top skill bracket at all. I would probably conservatively put myself top 20%. Mm-hmm. So that's still like a wide band of skill. I'm not top five. I'm definitely not top one. So I feel like I should be getting more like more variants and I should be playing against better pe- people, but it feels the same. Every game feels the same. I'm going to run into connection issues. There's going to be one person that knows what they're doing and two people who don't know what they're doing. And it doesn't matter if I freelance or if I solo into the into the main playlist. The experience is the same. And it doesn't feel like as I've gotten higher in rank, I've gone better now admittedly i've only gone from gold three to plat three okay Mm -hmm. that's not given the 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 grand scope of things it doesn't it's not a great scale but i feel like there should be there should be something more and it doesn't feel like at this point up until now it doesn't feel like i've earned this like the only game that i feel like i earned the only game that i played where i felt like i when i got 130 rank up is when one of our teammates had connection issues and it was 2v3, and I carried our team to victory. That was the only game where I felt like I deserved those points. Mm-hmm. Every other game, I was like, well, I was either a passenger, or I comfortably top-fragged, or I you know, was middle of the pack. Like, I just played games, and I was getting all this rank. And I'm like, I don't deserve this rank. Mm-hmm. I don't deserve 200 points here. I don't deserve five points there. Like, it doesn't make any sense, and it's really hard to understand why I'm being assigned certain point values based on my performances. And it's really, really hard also to understand why my opponents are at a certain level when I feel like I should be playing against better players or sometimes I should be, you know, not in this lobby at all. This lobby is way too good for me. You know, 
basically there's no consistency in experience mm -hmm. and there's no linearity in the way it feels and there's no linearity in the way it plays because competitive is skill-based matchmaking it's not a rank ladder system i'm not playing with people who've grafted and grinded to get to 5500 or 5600 5700 no i'm playing against 200 300 400 skill level opponents the bungee assigned skill rating which none of us can see mm -hmm. which is whack and I get they're doing like loose SBMMs of this connection base. Doesn't matter. If you can do a rank ladder system, matches by rank. I don't care if it takes me 30 minutes to find somebody at, at Adept to get a rank. Make the rewards worth it. You mm -hmm. know? It's just like I'm, I, I'm still developing my opinions because all of my opinions are with the caveat that I've only gone from gold three to plat three, right? Mm -hmm. That's not a big progression. If I went from gold three to Adept two, that's something, right? That's, that's several classes above from where I started. Right now, I'm only one class above. Um, so uh, my, my, my opinions are, are subject to development, but at this initial stage, I'm pretty much echoing what everybody's been saying in the sense that this doesn't feel like a rank ladder system. This feels like the old comp with a lick of paint on it. Mm -hmm. So in the, in you had mentioned that like you're, you're playing from, from Dubai. Yeah. So you're having you're having some connection issues across yeah. there. Do you want to go a little bit more in depth on that? Well, it's it's nothing out of the realm of imagination, really. I am at best 200 milliseconds away from Europe, which mm -hmm. is the major center, and then I'm anywhere from 250 to 300 milliseconds away from uh, Asia, which is another thing, right? So bearing in mind, I'm in the middle of those two massive population centers. We have Europe. We have Asia, and then we have North America on the other side of the world. Mm -hmm. There isn't a great local population here for Destiny 2. At least not in competitive. Mm -hmm. Like, at some hours of the day, I will match people from Kuwait, from Iraq, from Jordan, from Saudi Arabia, from India, Pakistan, from Afghanistan. You know, and they're like one or two people. They're not like swaths and clans of people. Right. Because it's not a really big game here. Like, this region is dominated by three things. Valorant, COD, and FIFA. Yeah. Those are the big three. So, Destiny 2 isn't even on the radar. People don't even really know what that is. Every time I have to explain what I do, they're like, what is that? Um, <laughs> mm -hmm. So, it's not a big game here, and that's fine. That That's that's a geographic challenge you face if you're not in the big major markets. Um, but the fact is, it's P2P. It's a P2P networking system. So, if I can't find a game here... And because we have loose skill-based matchmaking, there's definitely not anybody in this region around my skill level in a, in a meaningful way. Like maybe 10, 20, 30 people at best, and they're not all playing when I'm playing. Right. You know, so, so we have like a modicum of people to choose between for any given skill band compared to Europe and North America. So then it tries to find the next closest person, which is either in Korea or it's in uh, it's it's in in, in in Italy or in France or in Germany. I play against a lot of Germans for some reason, mm -hmm. and because I'm connected to them, it's laggy. It's it's horrible. It's it's a shit show. I'm connected to everybody else's average connection far away in Europe, or everybody's average connection far away in Asia. There's mm -hmm. no in between, and then that extends to comp, which is less bad actually when it comes to a pure connection thing because there's less people involved. I don't know how the actual mechanisms of it all works but i find comp less laggy than quick play okay that being said when i find games in, in comp mm -hmm. it's less laggy because it takes 
forever. I've mongoosed so many times trying to play in the middle of my day, which, okay, fair enough, I should not be trying to play in the middle of my day because that's like 4 a.m. for everybody yeah. else. But even at the, towards the night, I will sit there for 20, 30 minutes not finding a game. And I like there's no other reason, there's no other explanation other than the fact that I'm in Dubai. So it's just one of those things I have to deal with. And it's like, I'll get Ascendant this season eventually, but mm -hmm. who knows when. Understood. Um, so when you, have you had any, like, have you had any gumption to hop into Iron Banner this time around? I mean, yes, always. Yeah. I love, generally speaking, I love Iron Banner. Mm -hmm. I think it's 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 a fun, it's... It, like, just having a PvP week is always a good time. But, my God in heaven, <laughs> is it bad? Mm -hmm. It is remarkably bad this time around. Now, I don't know what happens with Iron Banner. Every single time it comes around, it's bad for everybody. Something happens to the connections in Iron Banner. It's just a known thing. This Agreed. this This week, it's, it's, it's particularly bad. And I feel it from the Middle East. I feel it on PS5. I switched platforms because I'm in the Middle East. I was initially a PC player. Mm -hmm. Then I looked at the PC Steam charts for here, and I was like, <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, so I went, I went and got a PS5. And even on PS5, I'm not matching people. It's very weird. Yeah. It's been... Um, we play... We, like I said, uh, before, we start, before we started recording, uh, technically... Uh, <laughs> I played like three matches of it uh, this time around, and Fortress is is interesting. Uh, I don't know if it's it's my favorite of the modes uh, that has come out, um, but it is. Uh, I didn't. There was only like one time where I felt like m there was a con a weird connection thing where somebody got me through a wall when maybe they shouldn't have. Um, other than that, the, like... So you've not had any connection issues at all? Well, so here... I, as somebody who probably plays less PvP than the average person... Um, right. Like, I, I play PvP to get the pinnacles, pretty much. Mm. Um, occasionally, if somebody's like, hey, we're going to run a party and and just hop in here. But that's even... Few and far between, uh, or Iron right, Banner. Okay. Like, I don't think that I have the time invested sure. in it to know what to look for in that connection. Okay, yeah, that's fair. Um, for us, it's very simple. Like, if we hit, if we shoot our gun and the bullets don't land when it clearly should have landed by mm -hmm. every measurable metric including our own past experience and whatever the game spaghetti code decides, if that doesn't happen, something's off. If somebody starts moving in a non-linear fashion, like they start jumping around, that's off. If you get hit from behind a corner, like you said, that's off. Mm -hmm. And it's just a general, like once you play enough PvP, what, what I find the best way to describe it is just like, there's a stickiness to your actions. Everything just sort of just, like it's like trying to type when, after you've, like just trying to use a keyboard after you've held an ice lolly out in the sun for a bit too long. It's like you can you can do it. Yeah. But then things just don't they're not fluid. They're not they, they just stick there, right? 
And the whole game, the whole pace of the game, what people do, how they appear on your screen, it doesn't feel fluid. It doesn't feel fluent. It feels like you're you're walking through treacle. And your guns may look like they're shooting well, but they're not doing damage. And it's 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 definitely something that seems to be plaguing at least on Twitter, the higher end of PvP players, at least visibly, and they're showing proof, and it's it's undeniable proof, and you can see it for yourself what, what's happening to them. But, you know, I think I think it's very, very simple to attribute that to skill-based matchmaking. It's it's trying to find the right connection, it's failing, and that's the result. Now, with when you when you're not as committed to PvP, you don't have such a high skill rating in the internal bungee, bungee uh, metrics. Mm-hmm. You have lower skill players around zero if there's their skills from minus a thousand to a thousand, and most people are around zero to one hundred. So if you're around that area, which you you likely are, Dan, yeah, probably like bang average, yeah, you're gonna have the biggest pool of players to choose between. And then from that, if you have the biggest pool, then it's just a case of like, all right, let's find the best connections. So it's a it's a it's a limitation on on just how Bungie is sorting players out on their end, and then it's a limitation on the basic bones of how PvP is structured. But I mean, at the same time, like you know, this this is not really super newsy newsworthy. Mm-hmm. Um, SBMM has always resulted in this sort of behavior, even in the past times that we've had it, and here now that we have it again, it's it's rearing its head again, and you know, PvP has always been sort of laggy anyways but yeah iron banner feels worse though like iron banner for me at the very least has always felt worse than other pvp modes yeah in general like i don't know what's been happening for the last like year or so maybe a little bit more but like iron banner Mm. specifically has been extremely i when riff came out the first week it came out i couldn't play because i was getting so much lag that it was such a non-enjoyable experience i was like i'm not putting myself through this Last season was a little bit better, but even the first week of eruption for me was still extremely laggy. Mm. And I, I managed to kind of just power through it, but it was not specifically fun because of that. I enjoyed the mode, but when you're lagging, it's not fun. And mm, then it's not fun for this, anybody. Exactly, right? And then this one is, at least for me, when I'm host is okay. But yesterday I was playing with people from Seattle, the Midwest. Uh, the East Coast and then also UK. We were all together in a lobby, right? It was a bit in the evening. And it was okay, but there were still moments where like, you could feel like, okay, at, at least to me or to us, that person is laggy. Or to them, we were laggy because we ended up playing against somebody that was streaming. Um, mm. But it's like, it's, it's all of these things where it's like, that affects your enjoyment of the game mode. But also, I brought this to Dan in DMs, mm-hmm. the meta makes the current new game mode of Iron Banner not as enjoyable as it could be. Yeah, because I've heard so many people, and I've heard, and I've seen, and I've read, so many people who complain that they're like, I can't go into Iron Banner and just go with a silly loadout or try something new, because it's a sweat fest, mm. and we're literally playing a sweat fest in Iron Banner. When historically, at least to me and a lot of people, I guess, Iron Banner has always been like a fun mode. You stack yeah. a group of people, you go with silly, like kind of crazy loadouts just to try them out or just to have fun and do something stupid and enjoy your time spending with friends. Like Iron Banner to me is like you spend time with friends and just go and do like, again, silly loadout or stupid yeah. stuff and it works and it, or it doesn't work, but it's, it's just fun. This I is have not a question as fun for... because of that. Yeah. Sorry to interrupt. I have a question for both of you. Mm-hmm. 
we know what why SBMM is is there in place, right? It's to protect the lower end of the skill bracket. Yeah, it's to protect people like Dan and people worse than Dan, which is which is. Which is me. Excellent. Yeah. I knew you were going there. I knew you were going there. <laughs> I was not initially going there, but you you opened the door and I, I, I walked right through it. Anyways. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Look, so so that's the rationale for skill-based matchmaking. Right. And mm -hmm. from an improvement perspective, it is like it is extremely well known in academic circles that you learn and improve incrementally. You don't you can't just be a you can't just like show up to a skate park completely green. And just look at Tony Hawk and say, "Do what he does." Yeah, it's not going to work. You know, you, you walk see away with a you... broken ankle, for sure. Yeah, <laughs> you, 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 you like the benefit of seeing Tony Hawk. Obviously, is to see what the ceiling is, mm -hmm. right? And to be mm -hmm. inspired and get motivation, but not to actually do what he does, right? Sure. Even if he is a thousand years old. Um. So the point is, the point I'm trying to get, come back to is, there are benefits to SBMM. There are valid reasons for it to be there. But how many players do you think it's actually protecting? Because even though the loudest people are people like myself and other people on Twitter and Reddit and social media, that we've spent a lot of time in the Crucible. We, we show up. We, we come every day and we, we do it against our own, our own better judgment. But how many people is this protecting? Especially if the casual side of, of the Crucible, the casual end of the skill spectrum, literally only comes in to play their pinnacles and leave. Mm. Like, is this is this changing their experience? Is it making them change their opinion on PvP? Or are they just saying, oh, hey, it's not as shitty this time. I'm still only doing my three pinnacles and bye. Yeah. Or are they actually becoming PvP converts because of skill-based matchmaking? I think... I have a lot to say about this. I'm gonna let Dan go first. <laughs> well, and like my thoughts are that like on one side addressing the like the fun zany loadout kind of thing. It feels like they're re they're trying to restructure Crucible in a way that quick play would be your fun zany loadout thing, right? Whereas Iron Banner is a fun zany mode that is that is technically in game technically but like the the in game crucible for like the everyday person that's so, not how they were described it they described it as a block party right they wanted iron banner to be a block party not in game is they yeah is they that's put not that what it feels club. like <laughs> right that's that's what everybody's complaining about it doesn't feel like a block party like here here's the thing as like wood league player okay mm. Let's be honest. Like I'm not even bronze. I'm not even copper. I'm literally wood league. But I did. I did used to enjoy PvP here and there, especially Iron Banner. Because here's my whole philosophy based on like year one and year two of my Iron Banner experience. To me, Iron Banner is, was was like this idea of like you six stack usually, not always, but yeah. you used to six stack. You go in and you either steamrolled or you get steamrolled. And there's no kind of in-between. Those matches where you get the score that's like two points of difference and you end up like kind of just grasping victory by like the skin of your teeth, that wasn't really a thing. It was just more like you steamroll or you get steamroll, but it was quick games. They were enjoyable no matter what because you could go with, again, the stupidest loadout or you could go with no loadout and still have fun and like just hanging out with friends and whatnot. That hasn't been a thing. I want to say since Shadow Key, but at the very least, Beyond Light. 
maybe mm. like around the end of Shadow Key, but at least beyond my, I remember Anbanah just hasn't felt the same. And it's kind oh. of this weird thing where it's like, okay, I and I used to not just do Iron Banner. I used to do like regular stuff, not really cops, never really been my thing. I'm not really good in threes, but that's because I don't practice. That's my own thing, right? And no matter, we talked about this before Witch Queen drop, and I said, oh, I really kind of want to try to get better at PvP in general, in Crucible, right? Yeah. We had like a really long discussion about that, mm. and so on and so forth. And it was, and I was, I really genuinely had the 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 will and the want to try to get better during Witch Queen. But then Witch yeah. Queen drop, and well, I was like, no, I'm not touching that. Yeah. It, it's not even enjoyable. I don't I don't feel like like how can I as like a not so great player, like I can hold my own in some situations and whatnot, but like how can I improve in this like meta or in this kind of situation? There's there's nothing for me that even makes it interesting for me to go play Crucible and the metas and like all of the kind of, you know, the the oh my god, restoration. And then oh. like all of these, like, and, and that's okay because there were new subclasses or there were revamps of subclasses, and I completely understand them being absolutely broken and then being toned down the next season and so on. But it was season after season; it was a new subclass coming out. We never had we never had a static environment which you could get comfortable with. Exactly. So that was a big thing for this year. But then also after that, SBMM was introduced, and then quitter penalty was introduced to regular quick play, right. which made no sense to me because it's regular quick play. Like I shouldn't have to be penalized because I don't want to play something. And like there were all of these things that kind of kept adding on to it where my experience as an absolute casual player of PvP was not worth it or did not feel worth it. I did not feel like my time was being rewarded or that I even improved. And I don't feel like I'm being like I'm improving in any way, shape or form anytime I play Crucible right now. Because either I get I play against really, really good players because I play with other really good players, which is good because then maybe I can improve because I'm learning mm. or I'm just playing against the same level as I am, which how am I really improving if I'm playing against the same level as I am? Dan, why do you think more people don't think like Isefa? <sighs> I know I'm an outlier, but I also yeah. know that I have no, a lot of friends that... that are PvP players. Sure, but know. that's that's a very that's a very level-headed and like self-aware take on 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 just like the 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 barriers to your motivation with respect to improvement. It's not just like fuck Bungie and Bungie doesn't know what they're doing. It's like no, I don't find this fun. Therefore, I feel very hard. It's very hard for me to feel motivated. And in a way, you are framing the the conversation on yourself, but it's very much linked to external factors that are beyond your control. 100%. Whereas, whereas people are saying SBMM is great and this is the best thing to happen to casual players. Well, if it was, then you wouldn't be so casual. You'd be motivated to get better, and then you'd see the other side of SBMM. Mm -hmm. But it feels like it's the same people saying the same things year after year, very content to not improve and see the other side. I see. I'm not gonna mm -hmm. like. It, it feels wrong for me to criticize people who don't improve year over year because mm -hmm. I feel like I've stagnated for years. But at the same time, I also like like most people like Isafa, where they don't feel the motivation to improve because the game's bad for PvP. Well, for it's also that, but it's also a question of like, I think to me, it's a question of like, I've known for years that I wasn't good at Crucible and I was okay with it. I didn't specifically want to improve back then because I didn't really hang out with PvP players. So I didn't really have that environment mm -hmm. of like that competitiveness within PvP. Exactly. I used to hang out more with PvE players and that's how I became better at raiding and GMs and so on and so forth, mm -hmm. right? 
and I consider myself a fairly strong or at least a good enough player to do master raids and GMs yeah. and so on and so forth. But it took years for me to get there and people were willing to teach me to get there too, right? But I also willingly decided to get better at it uh, because I was within that environment. And then I started to like, you know, talk to Nomad and talk to other PvP players and start to hang out with that crowd and see more why they were having these kind of like concerns about pvp and raising issues and talking about discussion and, and complaining sometimes literally complaining which is fine complaining is okay you, you should criticize things if they don't really work or you think there's issues with it but at first i was just like okay well i'm gonna get carried that's fine don't care and then the more i started to play i started to get more competitive and wanted to get better and then that's when i said like, which queen i wanted to get better and that was on me that was on me to make the decision to like mm -hmm. <laughs> The kinship's decision of, I want to get better. Yeah. To address your question, Nomad, of, like, why why do I think some players, like, we don't have more players that are thinking like Asefa. And in uh, hearing Asefa's response, the, from my end, I don't, I do not have an aspirational goal for getting better in PvP because I've, I don't enjoy it as much. Whereas with yeah, rate with with raiding with PVE stuff, um, there is a kind of a defined route. the The encounters never really change all that much that mm. you're out of your depth. With with PVP, the encounters change all the time, so you have to you have to have. I feel like you have to have that aspiration, and. I think a little bit of the part of your brain that's like, I want to predict what the other person's going to do so I can fit into that puzzle so I can conquer that person. It's a, it's a different challenge. It's a different kind of challenge, right? Um, we had a discussion about that, no man. You remember? Yeah, I, I do remember. We had an actual full on conversation yeah. about this. Exactly I, what Dan is saying. I just, so, yeah, I just sorry, don't think that, I don't think a lot of people. I don't I don't think people who play like me who who are going in for their pinnacles, who are going in at the end of the season to maybe fill out bounties for bounty prepping. I if if they're playing like I am, if their if their mind is working like mine, I don't feel like there's really any aspiration other than tick the box, get move it, on. Get out, yep. Yeah. So then, it, so so I suppose that's that circles back to the question I, I initially asked, where I said like, how many people is this actually helping? How many how many people are are actually using SBMM to further their own personal improvement journey? And off the top of my head, I can think of one person, Matt goes Buck. He's been doing some amazing mm -hmm. things, uh, documenting his journey, becoming a better player, and it's been really really cool to see. Um, so that's one person, and I'm sure there are many many other people who don't document it, but we don't hear from them. And all we hear is, I'm a bad player, so I should not have to face good players. Mm. Which is, like, neither here nor there when it comes to I've, anything. I've never really if, had if that you're, thought. If you're, if you're, <laughs> sorry? I've never really had that thought personally. Where right, because like, you, you want to you get in and get out. Yeah. And most people around that generally do. Either way, we're dealing in generalizations, and and I think one of the the things that that is really frustrating about this conversation and 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 any version of it really that it comes up, is that we don't have accurate data on mm -hmm. playtime mm -hmm. with respect to skill. 
Because if we did, then then we can see what's what. So you that's 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 my that's all my whole bag on that. We need um, to pull the Reddit. We need to get can like, a master's uh -huh. thesis going. <laughs> uh -huh. Can I raise yeah, okay. the point though that if if a lot of players, and I think all players, but if a large swath of the player pool is like Dan, where they're like. I'm just going in and out for a very specific thing, like my weeklies, my bounties mm, at the end of the mm. season, or so on and so forth, right? Whatever. In and out, overall, that's pretty much the thing. Yeah. Then why would these players, and I'm not saying Dan does, but like a lot of them, I hear this. Why would these players care so much about having SBMM if you're in and out for three games a week? Because they don't have access to Twitter and people like to hear their own voice. I mean, fair. Okay, he says sure. with 20,000 followers, that's... nice one, Nomad, good self-report. <laughs> that's that's no, how social it's... media works, though, right? Exactly. Like, yeah, it but it's it's one of those things where I'm just like, why do you care so much about having SBMM if you're going to be playing three games a week? Yeah. Like, it, why would it matter if you get steamrolled in a game if you're only going to be there for three, let's say nine games total if you play all three characters? Okay, let's just go with that. Mm -hmm. You're doing your Is pinnacles it... on... All of them. Why do you care about SBMM? Why do you care about facing people at your same level if you're only going to be there for the completion of three games, whether you win or lose? Because I'm the and best no matter what, and other people need to cater to me. <laughs> yeah, 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 it's true. It's true. Hey, Don, are you American? You know what? I happen to be. <laughs> 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 How'd you know? <laughs> oh, just nothing in particular. Uh, um, <laughs> Now, now let me let me emotionally rug pull all of you again. Mm -hmm. Is it fair for us to be commenting on people who comment on SBMM when the real problem lies with Bungie and their approach to PvP? Probably not. Uh, yes and no. Okay, I'm on. gonna I'm gonna go with a neutral neutral position because here's the thing. We've been quote unquote like the community, and I say we as the community, the community we <laughs> have been ragging on Bungie for years at this point. So yeah, it's like, a team. I was, well, yeah, okay. Whose decision was it to not have a team anymore after the other team was either fired, disbanded, or just left? I'm going to personally say it was John Bungie's decision. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, my it was John Bungie, you know. My uncle yeah, exactly. got fired after um, after he turned up my RNG for a touch of malice. So uh, <laughs> but it's, I, I no it's longer have an in there. Things. It's a bad time. But it, it's it's one of these things where it's just like we have been quote unquote ragging for years and I say mainly like the PvP community, but I have seen this year and specifically like the last this season, I have seen PvE players like myself complain about PvP, which is strange because I usually I like I lend an ear and I am very sympathetic towards PvP players when they're like this is completely bonkers. But I don't really involve myself into that discussion because I am not a PvP player. So who am I to talk about this? But I even mean, the this thing season, is, sorry to interrupt. I don't like I it. Think, yeah. I think if you did interject, Sefa, first of all, your 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 mentions would go ballistic. Mm -hmm. Second of all, um, just because if you not for any reason other than the fact that if you talk about PvP, your mentions do go ballistic to everybody. Um, I can't wait to see what happens this episode. Go on. <laughs> oh my God. Thanks for that. I was having a good time. That's it. I'm done. No, uh, but the second thing, what was I going to say? Uh, is that if you, if you are somebody who is PVE centric, that understands PVP players plight mm -hmm. and their, and their issues, 
then there is a chance that more PvE players would listen to you and be able to come to their own perhaps realization that, you know, I can't relate to this experience because I don't experience it. Yeah. And I feel like a lot of the times that's not said or done. Like, I look at all the PvE hot takes. I have opinions on them. But ultimately, that's not my bag. That's not how I play the game. And yeah. I do Legend Lost Sectors for armor and I'm out. It's the same, it's the equivalent, right? I don't speedrun shit. I I raid for the for, for for the drops and then I'm done. Yeah. I, I love raiding. I think it's really fun. I used to be a raid sherpa back in the day, but nowadays it's very transactional for me. In mm-hmm. the same way that PvP is transactional for people. The enjoyment just isn't there. And also then, you know, being in Dubai I have no friends. Who are on at the same time. No, I have no friends. Let's just leave it there. <laughs> um, but you, like like essentially oh, he just, has just his minions. All I have are minions yeah. and people who play COD. Very <laughs> sad. But you know what I'm trying to say is that yeah. yes. like like a lot of Destiny's activities, it's it's like you're either PvE or PvP. There's very few people who do both. And the reason for doing one over the other isn't necessarily enjoyment at this point of either activity. It's it's more about the culture around that activity. Mm. Like why are you in PvP to hang out with friends, to test out a new weapon? To do a loadout, something like yeah. that. Are you enjoying PvP? It's it varies from people to people, but the general consensus is, eh, I guess. Whereas with raids, why do people do raid streams? To hang out with friends. Yeah. To help people get loot that they never would have gotten before. To help people first time. One of the most rewarding feelings in this entire game is helping somebody who's never done a raid before. Yeah. And getting them that first kill. The elation in their voices is, is always amazing. And, you know, to, to help form new memories and everything. It's, it's a friend game. This whole game is a friend game. But I think there's more enjoyment to be had from a PvP, PvE perspective than there is a PvP perspective mm-hmm. right now. Because the beauty about PvE is that it doesn't rely on the people to be... Like, it doesn't solely rely on the people for it to be a good time. Because the raids themselves are so good. Mm-hmm. And the dungeons are great. And the strikes are strikes they, they're they're, they're, they're nice little walk they're, through they're, the woods is they're, kind of like uh, they're the amuse-bouche yeah, shall we say yeah, they're not whereas pvp pvp it's it's all about the people it's all about what they choose to use and it's all about the underpinnings behind it all and mm-hmm. the underpinnings frequently don't work there seems to the be way a lot we more, would like them to there seems to be a lot more personality in pvp as well because mm. pvp also look in in pve sure you have like I, I think the closest we get in PvE is maybe some speedrunners and like how how they use different strats and everything. Uh, uh, if you haven't seen Feline's seven point or seven minute and forty minute world record run of the Spire of the Watcher, that, yeah. oh, that's, ins- that's so insane. But it it also like they're using weapons and strategies that are an extension of themselves, and I yes. f- like that is what I see. Yeah, it, that's what I see in PvP players as well. Like just among the people that we know, uh, yourself included, Lego La Flash, like Ill Physics, like you all are using loadouts that are extensions in part of your personality. And that's like there's that aspect of PvP that I don't see a lot in in PvE outside of me memeing on like I'm going to run glaives for everything or like lately trace rifles right because the because the challenge is static 
yeah. the challenge doesn't really go anywhere. Once you've mastered it, that's it. Whereas PvP, every game's a challenge. Yeah. And you don't know if the challenge is the best player you've ever seen or his lag switch. Yeah. <laughs> well, so... Sorry, I have to get that joke in there. <laughs> <laughs> well, I know we have limited ex- limited time with you. So thank you so much no, for keep like... Keep going, keep going. <laughs> well, here's keep what going, I'm going to do. Going, come on, come no, on keep it going. We're going. I, this is I, fun. This is fine. The, I'm continuing the conversation. It's just we're moving into a different section of the conversation as I hit my mic. Um, okay. How dare you. Community questions. Sure. I think there's I think there's several awesome ones here um, that that people want to know. Before we begin, yeah. I just I just want to say I'm really sorry for destroying your show structure today. No. Like I feel like I feel like I completely derailed everything with your with existential questions and huge, huge, huge tangents of everything. There's no need to apologize because I invited you to talk. Little did you know, this number two, little did you know that this was going to be the Steven Soderbergh episode. So I'm going to have oh, things okay. flying in. I'm going to have everything moving yeah, around. Yeah, yeah. yeah mm-hmm. it's going to be like, we're going to have this conversation in a little pocket underneath here where another conversation comes in from the side. It's it's all going to be chaos. I'm glad that you're Very here Very art for house. It. I like yeah, it. Thank you. You know what? Art house podcast. I'm trying to push the limits of Destiny podcasts here. <laughs> So, <laughs> anyways, uh, we have uh, a question from Ascendant Nomad. Why didn't you get It's Bobby Socks instead? It's a very valid question, to be fair. Like, <laughs> that guy has way much more to say than I do. He's better at the game than me. He's also more handsome. Um, and also, he rocks a baseball cap like nobody's business. He does. You know, which, is impressive for somebody, which is really impressive for somebody rocking up to the ripe age of 30. You know, like, just really, really good fashion choices all around. So... I just, you know, like he would have been a better guest. I don't know why. No, you no, 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 man, no, man. Mm. Bobby doesn't have the voice nor the accent. So I'm so sorry. That's Bobby, really why we invited you here today. Exactly. <laughs> it's not the knowledge. It's not like anything else. It is the voice and the accent right there. That's it. That's the sole reason, you know. Mm. Not my lighting setup. Not my. Yeah, you, the lighting setup's PP a plus. Knowledge. It's a plus. Like, oh. I. I want the record to note that this is one of the first times that I've said something to Nomad where he had nothing else to say back to me. <laughs> Thank you. No, I have many things to say back to you. I just don't want to demonetize Dan because he's actually worked hard for his things and you just tacked along for the ride. Oh, I tagged along for the ride. Thank you, Nomad. You're welcome. Thank you for uh, seeing my, uh, the my worth there. Okay, sure. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I can bring back everything you've stepped to me before. I can't, I can't be too nice to you, Safa. You live You're never nice Toronto. to me. <laughs> So it's Trudes asks, <laughs> is there a specific weapon role that you're chasing this season uh, that still eludes you? Uh, theirs is a reconstruction chill clip, uh, our Vandal fusion rifle. I opened, I don't know how many goddamn packages in the dawning for an under pressure, high impact reserves glacier and I didn't get it. Mm-hmm. So I think that counts. I like, like, I, like Zavala's gonna be obese with how many cookies i gave him because like shit so many people there's been a thousand cookies and i didn't get a single under pressure high impact reserves thing so i guess that grind is over what am i looking for i suppose i'm looking for a decent roll on the dark decider auto rifle for mine banner mm-hmm. but that's also not going to happen because it's a crap gun so i don't know i don't know i haven't really thought about it i'm just at this point i'm just like working focusing on the weapons i do have to make uh, mm-hmm. videos on them and then uh 
And then, like, like in terms of roles and stuff like that, I'm like the meta for PBE hasn't really changed all that much. It's mm -mm. like Arbalest and a linear fusion rifle and an SMG. You're done. Witherhorde's still very so, strong, especially with the, the seasonal really mod. strong. Yep. And then you have like you have the new Stasis uh, three burst linear fusion, which is interesting. And I haven't really uh, looked into that too much, but I do want to just for shits and giggles, just something different to have. Um, but like, there's no PVE thing I'm chasing as such. I think maybe just a, another crafted pattern for the submission because I still haven't got that ground ground out yet. Yeah. Do you? How do you interact with the um, with the crafting solution in Destiny Two right now? At all? You sh well, typically the way I interact with it is I press this button on my controller. Okay. And that brings no, up. No. Yeah. No. Okay. All right. Okay. All right. Smart ass. <laughs> Welcome to could my you, life you? with man. Could you could you elaborate on, on like how that do you statement? do you find yourself going into activities primarily to go for the collection of those weapons and then seeing what you can craft out of it or no to me it's it's very much a bonus it's okay. it's like there are weapons that I like there are weapons I don't like um, if somebody makes a video of Cross or Lego or any one of these guys makes a video on on a, on a particular role or, or or of a certain weapon. And it just so happens to be craftable, then I'll go hard and craft it, mm -hmm. right? But if it's a random drop, like say if I'm looking for a kill clip sniper, just get one from Shacks or something like that, um, then I'll still use it. Like I, I like I'd say eighty percent of my my weapons I still use are random rolls, mm -hmm. just things I picked up. And there are some random rolls I've kept of craftable weapons just because I've already put the time on them and they they suit the purpose. So I'm just like. I don't really care about the memento, so let's keep yeah. going and use this. Um, so for me, the two coexist pretty handily side by side. It does cause a significant amount of anxiety for a lot of people, so I can understand why the question was was asked. For me, it's just like, it's here. If it's craftable, cool, I'll do it. And, it's passive. Uh, it's passive, but I will say something I really like is that, especially when I'm doing weapon reviews and I'm trying to evaluate a weapon, like just to be able to go in and change your role is... Lovely. Yeah. Just try out different things. Maximus Polyglot asks, what would be your revision zero PVE role after obtaining all the catalysts? Not sure which barrel, sorry, not barrel, the magazine perk would work well. Probably something to do with the additional mag size or reload. Probably flared mag well, if I'm being honest. So it would go for PVE, I would max out stability. No, I wouldn't. I would max out handling. I would max out handling to the best as I could. Because stability is not that super important in PvE. Um, I would go for a flared magwell. Probably like a small... I don't, I don't know which barrel perk improves uh, reload, but one of those. I would go for a flared magwell. Then I would go for Vorpal. And I would use the light burst fire, which allows you to get four bursts. The cat, the stock again, whatever helps either stability, handling, or reload, and then the catalyst would be four times the charm. Okay. Does that does that count? I mean, it's very vague there, but yeah. Yeah. I because think that because works. like there's there's no, there's no other role for for in my opinion for PBE. It's it has to be Vorpal because the whole thing is revision zero is an, is an exotic and it's an anti champion exotic. It's an anti barrier yeah. exotic. We already have. An anti-barrier exotic yeah. in the kinetic slot. Mm -hmm. And its name is, why hasn't it been nerfed? Arbalest. <laughs> um, 
So whatever you put up there, whatever you put against it, whatever is going to take the slot of Arbalest has to compete. Mm-hmm. And look, it's a kinetic weapon versus a special linear fusion rifle. It's not going to win in a pure DPS thing. I, at least I don't think it will win in a pure DPS uh, check. That being said, you have the flexibility of you know one-shotting champions. You could also do DPS with full four sniper rounds and four times the charm, kind of. Um, you can. It's it's just more versatile as 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 a uh, as a primary weapon. The trouble is though, Arbalest doesn't need to be versatile. It just needs to do the one thing it yeah. does really freaking well, which is stun champions, strip shields. Thank you very much. Mm-hmm. Who needs match game? And revision zero cannot invalidate match game. So we got to give it some other, you know, some other tools in the box, yeah. as it were. Yeah. Uh, extending from that question, what um, is there a PvP role? Yes. That you would build out for Revision Zero? So something that I'm going to reveal in the in the final video is that Recoil Direction doesn't actually do anything for aggressive bursts. Mm-hmm. It doesn't affect the grouping of the bullets. It just affects the sway of the bursts themselves. So when you fire an aggressive burst, look at your, your center reticle, you know, the, the, the crosshair. Mm-hmm. When you fire any weapon, like an SMG or, or a hand cannon or an auto rifle, after every bullet, that little circle blooms, right? Mm-hmm. It gets bigger. That's your that's your accuracy cone. That's your error angle cone. Basically, when that blooms, that's like that's bloom. That's that's the mechanic for bloom. Where basically, if you keep spraying and praying, your shots are going to get more wayward, right? Mm-hmm. There's a chance that'll happen. With aggressive bursts, you can test this for yourself. That bloom only happens after the entire burst is done. So da 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 da. Instead of doing da 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 da, you know, mm-hmm. where it happens after every bullet. So what this means is that every burst is being treated as an individual shot. Okay. And you're dealing with a grouping of bullets. To get a better grouping of bullets, you go for stability. And also stability is just generally better for PvP anyways because it helps you deal with flinch. Mm-hmm. So max out your stability. For me, I went I went with a bit of both. Recoil direction does help sort of the the average direction of the bullets in that in that burst. So I went with chambered compensator. I went with ricochet rounds. I believe, hang on, what did I craft? Sorry, my, my, my brain completely eludes me. What's in the middle column? I'm going to bring it up here. Maybe? Is it not showing up in the... Maybe I won't bring it up here. No, it's not a. It's not currently. It's not currently API f- enabled, so we yeah. can't look it up. Oh my god! Gotta go to the enclave. Oh my god! I I know what my role is. Uh, so there was moving target, which was really really good. Uh, there was elemental capacitor that was also very very interesting. It really depends on what kind of player you want to be and how you want to use that mm-hmm. uh, gun with with the subclass and the build that you have. Elemental capacity is going to be a very, very underrated pick for literally all classes, especially if you run Void. You'll max out that stability very easy. Um, but moving target is a pretty safe bet for PvP. Your stock, whatever helps stability again, uh, or anything that adds handling. And then for your catalyst, I think the play is either going to be under pressure so that you get that added stability and accuracy for your sniper shots. Um, because the, the play loop is basically get that one charge and then use the sniper, right? Yeah. Don't stick around for two. Um, or go for outlaw mm-hmm. as your catalyst. 
so that you get that crispy reload because aggressives are, are pretty sluggish archetypes. I'm so sorry. I thought I knew this by heart. I clearly don't. It's okay. It's okay. It's okay. We'll dock you points for it later. Um, okay. <laughs> That's Brian points for no man. <laughs> At the uh, the Red Guardian asks, uh, yes. what is your take on the community favoring certain perks on weapons over others that might be better? Um, it Also, with weapon crafting, is it wise to craft two versions in PvE and PvP? Um, I, I, I did ask for a specific example of what perks they were, they were talking about. And, uh, he had said, uh, how everyone gravitates to outlaw kill clip versus new perks that get introduced, even though newer, newer perks inherently might be better. I don't know if everybody gravitates to outlaw kill clip anymore. I think that's, that's a shadow keep, shadow keep mm -hmm. level take there. Cause that was literally like, we didn't have the diversity of perks. Quite, quite frankly, to justify anything else. Yeah, kill clip outlaw was was really really strong. So is outlaw rampage. Sorry, to for revision zero, I I realized what that third column perk would be. It would be eye of the storm. That's okay. the best perk. So okay. that would, that would be eye of the storm and um, potentially outlaw or under pressure. Anyways, going back to that, <laughs> if people if people are uh, if people are gravitating, the community's gravitating certain perks over the other, because I think everybody's gravitating to Vault Shot right now, mm -hmm. um, and understandably so. I think it's important that you yourself realize you have no sway on how the community acts or behaves or thinks, and it does operate like a hive mind. If somebody makes a video, everybody's talking about that, yeah. that certain perk combination, just like above uh, released a Rocket DPS video. Now everybody's going to be trying that strat. Um, so, you know, take take what the community says with a grain of salt, do your own testing. And if you do not have the time or the willpower to do your own testing, then perhaps trust the community. Maybe they do know something that, that, that you don't. But when it comes to new perks, I will, agree, I will mildly agree with the sentiment that perhaps people are slow on the uptake to certain new perks. Like they may take a season or two to really warm to them. Mm -hmm. Like myself included, I'm definitely guilty of this. Um, but that doesn't necessarily mean the community is wrong. It just means that, you know, they, they haven't quite gone around to experimenting with something better yet. Mm -hmm. That's it. Um, final question of the day. This seems to be one that, that is uh, brought up over and over in here. Okay. Um, but I think it's most succinctly asked um, by Revenant533. Uh, um, what would you do to improve the PvP sandbox currently? You know how I said we were oh. winding down? We're just getting started. <laughs> <laughs> no one has left the chat. <laughs> okay, we have an ability sandbox and a weapon sandbox. What am I doing first? Uh, why don't we start with uh, ability? Let's rip off the band-aid. On that one, I think, okay. because you you have had some thoughts recently on Twitter. Um. Yeah, so here's the thing: I think Bungie are correct in the ultimately they are correct in their philosophy of making sure that your kit is consistent no matter what environment that you find yourself using it in. Yeah, especially when it comes to like build crafting, you want to make sure that build is somewhat usable in PV PVE, and if you can make it work in PVP, hey presto, excellent, great job, and a good 
And a good component of, of testing your builds is to make sure that you have the same consistent experience with respect to the base of everything that you use, your weapons, your abilities, and that means keeping cooldowns and weapon behavior relatively consistent across all formats. So like recoil direction isn't like super reduced in PvE. It's the same as it is in PvP as it is in PvE. Um, you know, things like that. Mm -hmm. The problem is that when you have these abilities running amok, you are basically saying, hey, we're an ability game first and a gun game second, which is directly in contradiction to what they said about the 30th anniversary meta, which is it was 60% gunplay and 40% abilities, which is a good balance of what we would like to be at. And I think generally speaking, most people would agree that the 30th anniversary meta was the best one we've had in the last few years. Mm -hmm. Agreed. Like people, people really enjoyed actually shooting at each other. Who knew? Guns and Destiny 2 being used to, to open engagements. Now, of course, yeah, 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 I know. We still n primarily kill with weapons, right? Mm -hmm. But we spend so much more time running away or getting destroyed by abilities. And I think that's what people are noticing. So here's the dilemma. The, 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 the solution is very, very simple. Halve the cooldown of abilities, right? Just or or at least nerf them by twenty five percent. Flat nerf across the board. That would restore a little bit of parity in terms of the balance. We're being say sixty percent abilities and forty percent gunplay to sixty forty in favor of gunplay. That would be a big first step. However, you can't do that and destroy the PVE power fantasy that it is. Mm -hmm. Now, there's a whole other thing to be said about PVE. Personally, I don't think weapons have mattered since 3.0 came out. I don't think there's any point making weapon reviews for the purpose of saying which is the best weapon PvE. The meta has been fixed for the last part of a year. It's a Arbalest, an SMG, and a linear fusion rifle. Nine times out of ten for nine out of ten activities. That is what you use. That is what's going to get you there. Throw on an eager egg sword if you want to go faster. Throw on a wither horde if you have a seasonal mod that makes use of it. Great. So it does. So, so then, if, if abilities are dominating and invalidating weapons in PVE two, then maybe a blanket nerf is exactly what they need. We've had a year with three We've understood what they're about. We've got to play with it. And they always said that we'd rather ship it a little bit hot so that people are excited about it and then bring it down. Okay, maybe it's time to bring it down. Let's let's chill for a bit. And mm -hmm. they're going to have to because they need to make Strand look sexy fundamentally, yeah. right? They can't have Arc 3.0 completely nuking strats. So, so there will be a rebalancing of everything. I think abilities will come down generally. But moreover, when it comes to PvP sandbox in general, if you want to ensure that there is that focus on gunplay, then you are unfortunately going to have to tune ability cooldown separately from how they're tuned PvE. We've seen experiments done in momentum control where you don't get abilities unless you get kills. Mm -hmm. Where you don't get super unless you get kills. Perhaps something along those lines could be implemented for, for General Crucible. Who knows? Yeah. Now, now do the weapon sandbox. Now do, now do that one. <laughs> okay. <laughs> weapons. Okay, so here's, here's my hot take for weapons. Should I say it? I mean, it's up to you. Say it. Say it. Say it. I do you want to say it here or save it for a YouTube is. video? <laughs> No, I'll say it in the YouTube. Okay. <laughs> I think it's perfectly fine as is. Mm -hmm. I think there are a couple of outliers that are causing a lot of grief. But if you nerf abilities, so so here's the here's the overarching perspective I have. 
Abilities have dominated the close and the mid-range. So there's no point to running the close and the mid-range. Mm-hmm. You rock a pulse rifle, you rock a scout, you rock distance weapons, auto rifles, and you have stick and handbag. We're in a passive meta because if you are going to be active, you are rolling the dice on what ability you get hit with first. It could be a storm grenade, it could be a suppression grenade, it could be Aaron Shuriken, it could be that really annoying lightning surge that that warlocks do for some reason. Mm. Um, you could be hit by any one of those and you'll have no answer to that. You'll either have to run away or disengage or throw another ability of your own to counter it, right? So for that reason, people are more content to stay back out of people's radar ranges, pop them and shoot them when they're not 100% aware of, of their surroundings. Mm-hmm. And it's been an effective way of dealing with all of this. Just stay back. You can't cross map an Axion Bolt. I mean, you can, but chances are the guy will see it coming and then run away and it won't be very successful, right? So if you take away the abilities and the prevalence of abilities in the close and the short range, suddenly those two are start, are now open for business. Your hand cannons will come back and they'll become meta again. Your SMGs will will perhaps be more regularly competed with with star- sidearms. People will shotgun more. People will use slugs again. It just opens up the breadth and the diversity of options that we had. Remember, we haven't had, like, the only, there's only been two changes to pulse rifles in the last year. One was making lightweights actually good again by making them forgiving. And the second one was a buff to adaptive frames to make them more forgiving, right? They went from eight crit to seven crit. But they didn't change their time to kill and they didn't change their overall power. So by and large, pulse rifles have stayed static this entire time. They've been crazy since beyond light. And the only reason we're noticing them now and we notice it a bit in the stasis meta, is because they allow you to have great power while hanging back. Mm-hmm. And when everybody's hanging back, pulse rifles come out on top because they have the TTK, they have the range, they have the stat packages, and they have very, very good examples of weapons that, that do a lot of work, like the messenger, disparity, revision zero, and so on. So you take out abilities, you reestablish the mid-range, and you reestablish the natural way of things. That's how you improve the weapon sandbox. Oh, and you know, reverse airborne effectiveness because that didn't work. Isn't, aren't they, I was going to ask about this. Aren't they, they're doing something with it in Lightfall. Yeah. What, what's, I, I can't remember if it's a buff or, or, or a nerf <laughs> at this point. They're, what they're doing is they're, they're buffing airborne effectiveness for, at least this is what they said in the, in the, like, I think it was a TWAB, I think it was, I, or I, I don't forget, I like, saw this in a video. Yeah. I want to say it was like a month ago. Um, oh. Oh, right, it was firing range. Yeah, exactly. Thank you. Yeah, so it was firing range, and they said they were going to basically buff it to to what it was before, where 30 airborne effectiveness would essentially be pre-airborne effectiveness Icarus. So when you slapped an Icarus mod on your weapons, that's what it's going to feel like at 30 instead of 60 or 100 as it was before. So basically Mm -hmm. they're buffing the inherent airborne effectiveness of every weapon by reducing the amount that you need to build into it. Okay, so basically, long long and short of it is, things will feel a lot better in the air without yeah. you trying. So, like, that's overall a good thing, yeah. Yeah, I think it's it's a it's a big step in the right direction. It remains to be seen how well it's implemented and and what that actually looks like under the mm-hmm. new system because they they introduced some variables. They introduced uh, aim assist. They they defined that there were two different cones: aim assist and error angle or accuracy. And if those two are different systems now, and now they're they're being tuned at different different values to resemble what we had before, 
then there's every chance that it the system will not behave as expected and there will still be a degree of build crafting required so that it does feel like it was before which i which would be ideal it's like okay give people the option to get that shot off to go airborne but understand that unless you do some extra work to really really make it consistent you're rolling a dice every time you do it which is how it should have been the first time instead of what we have right now well hey nomad that's that's all the questions that i have for you oh my god you've passed you've won have i passed you've what you've won I've won. And I'm sending you my world-famous no prize. You get nothing for it other than to to be on the show. How do you a feel? Sense of pride Not even a sense of accomplishment. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. Nothing. Just. Well, I would like to thank the Academy <laughs> for, uh, for this nothingness, uh, for the void for which I, was, I graciously accept I understand that you know many people in parts of the parts of the world do not have the void. Yeah, I embrace the void. Yes, and I will make it my own. Thank we you. We bring much. the void to you. Thank you so Thank much. You. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> no bad. Please tell people where they can find you on the internet, sir. I am at Ascendant Nomad on pretty much every platform you can think of, except for OnlyFans because Asafa hasn't donated enough to my Patreon yet. Thank you. I wasn't made aware I needed to donate to your Patreon to have access well, to your now OnlyFans. now you do. $2,000 a month. Thank you very much. And we'll open <laughs> up an OnlyFans. Got him. <laughs> but yes, uh, at Ascend Nomad on Twitter, YouTube, Twitch, and Discord, actually. But we recently closed that Discord because it was getting a bit too much. But yeah, Twitch, Twitter, and YouTube. My name is Dan Finity. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram and the TikTok at Danfinity, where the ice rolls. You can also find me on Twitch three days a week, helping guardians through in-game PvE activities. If you'd like to support the show, remember to rate and review on your podcast platform of choice. Anything you say helps us in the algorithm. And if you'd like to pitch three bucks a month to help keep the lights on, head on over to coffee.com forward slash Danfinity. That is ko-fi.com forward slash Danfinity. Links are in the show notes. Thank you so much for listening, and I hope you find what you're grinding for.